0: Hello and welcome to the Life Tweeted with Ben and Molly. I am Ben.
1: And I'm friend of the show, John Boyd. I'm so excited to watch my beloved daughter, Angie, perform in this major motion picture that we're going to watch today.
0: John Voigt, really glad that we could get you on the show this week. Um, tell me, would you have any fun memories from filming uh, your role in this first Lara Croft Tomb Raider? Yeah,
1: I definitely remember it really vividly. Uh, my favourite part was when we would break for lunch and I would go to Ralph's where they have fresh food and great prices. And I would wander around the aisles talking on my cell phone looking confused.
0: Was there a Ralph's near the jungle where they they shot this movie, I'm assuming? Oh, there's a
1: Ralph's everywhere. They're very conveniently located. This episode is brought to you by Ralph's.
0: Now, I am told that in different parts of America, Ralph's have uh, different names. I believe in some parts of America they're Kroger. Kroger, Can you tell me any of the other names of Ralph's that you may have been to?
1: I would love to, but that's confidential. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely know the names.
0: Well, I, I definitely appreciate. It. Thank you so much. I'm sorry that Molly couldn't be here to talk yeah, with you as well. that's Too bad. Yeah, but thank you for coming. Um, if you want to just leave, because Molly will be back any moment. Okay. We need the chair. I'm just
1: gonna walk out.
0: <laughs> oh, hi Molly. Hey. hey. What's oh, up? Good. Oh, you sorry, don't... I was running a little late. That's you know what. That's perfect. Point. You know who you just missed? Who? John Voight.
1: Oh yeah, I was talking to him earlier. He said he might stop by. It's too bad I missed him.
0: Yeah, he he. I'm not. Gonna, he just spent the whole time talking about Ralphs. So was... Yeah,
1: he's their official paid spokesperson now, so it's kind of his job ever since his career went down the toilet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, we're watching Lara Croft Tomb Raider this week the the first of the Lara Croft Tomb Raider movie <laughs> franchise.
1: How many are there? There's only
0: three. There's two and then a reboot, which came out this year,
1: last year? Oh, yeah, with What's Her Face.
0: Yeah, with What's Her Face. That other one. The the one who's actually English, I think, is the key. Because, okay, so full disclosure, my exposure to Tomb Raider as a whole is minimal. I've played the first one on the PlayStation, and I know I played a little bit of Tomb Raider Legends on the PC because someone gifted it to me on Steam. I know nothing about Tomb Raider, other oh. than Lara Croft is in it, and that she has uh, knockers for days. Yeah, yeah. She's all the way boobed up, not anymore. Not in the newer ones. In the newer ones, she has proportions that aren't going to cause her severe back, back pain. Pro- yeah. yeah. I do know that the reason she has huge tracts of land is because apparently a character modeler his hands slipped. But that's that's the he added an extra unquote- zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mythology. I think what what probably happened was a guy wanted to see what Lara Croft would look like with massive, massive boobs and just went for it.
1: You know, with the low poly, they do kind of look like she just shoved some waffle cones in there.
0: It's it's very Madonna.
1: I'm really kind of sad now because I was counting on you to be the Lara Croft authority. Oh, no. Because I know even less than you do, I think. I I have seen this movie before, and when Timber first got her Xbox 360... It came with a Lara Croft game. I don't remember which one. And she played through that a little bit. And so that's the extent of my exposure.
0: Do you remember which game it was?
1: Uh, there was, it was like an island, uh, and she died gruesomely several oh, times. Oh, that's
0: probably the reboot Tomb Raider that is more gruesome. It's
1: pretty gruesome. She got, her face got impaled oh, on yeah. a pike. Oh,
0: I, no, you know what? I have played the reboot Tomb Raider, and that is in there a lot. There's yeah. There's a lot of gruesome deaths. I
1: wasn't expecting that.
0: I do know that in the original Tomb Raider game, you have the option of just exploring Lara Croft's mansion, because nothing, I think, makes you connect more with a character than seeing how incomprehensibly rich they are. Mm. Um, but you can lock Lara Croft's butler in the freezer.
1: Oh, fine!
0: Yeah. Uh, um, and I, the one thing I do know about this movie, other than, obviously, Angelina Jolie is in it, and Friend Angelina of the Show, John um, <laughs> foy Did
1: you like that song? Uh,
0: yes, I did. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, I know that Lara Croft's butler is played by Chris Barry, who most people will probably know him as Rimmer from Red Dwarf. Yeah, that's was,
1: definitely where I know him from.
0: He was also the voice of the Richard Nixon puppet in, a, in that one Genesis video, the title of which has just out of my brain. Do you want to gone. take the
1: time to look it up or do I no, just let that lie No, there? I'm
0: just going to let it hang in the air, let the audience cool. research that one themselves. Yeah, it's that's on you. It's really, yeah. It's an um,
1: interactive show that we're don't, doing.
0: Don't let us do all of the legwork. You know, what? why don't you watch the movie and tell yourself what you thought of it?
1: Yeah, and we'll just go yeah, do you want get to call lunch it? or something. We'll yeah. We'll just
0: we'll call it okay, yeah, all right. We're done. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Life Toyetic. I've been Ben. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna go watch watch Larakov Tomb Raider. We'll be right back after these uh moderately aged commercial messages.
1: Barrel aged. <laughs>
0: Fine. <laughs> How do you even talk about whiskey? I was gonna do a whiskey joke and it's gone I
1: don't know. I just know that barrels are involved.
0: Whiskey commercials. Just Play a whiskey commercial. Okay,
1: I'll do that.
0: Drink responsibly. We'll be right back. Sacred tombs. Ancient curses. The undead. Will the next tomb Lara Croft enters be her own? Get the game and find out. Tomb Raider. The Last Revelation.
1: PlayStation.
0: We are back after watching Lara Croft, The Tomb Raider.
1: Lara Tomb.
0: Lara Tombs.
1: The Croft Raider.
0: Raiding the Croft.
1: The Undercroft. That's what her name comes from, right? I thought it was a play on, like, Undercroft.
0: Maybe. I don't know that I've ever thought Maybe about it. Maybe I
1: assigned too much forethought. I think,
0: yeah, my feeling is that what happened was that we applied far too much logic. logic to anything to do with Lara Croft or the raiding of tombs thereof. I, this was not a great film, it wasn't
1: great, it wasn't offensive though.
0: It was, it felt like watered down Indiana Jones, but with less cohesion. Mm. There wasn't and a more lot of, showers, yeah. Lots more, sho- really. There's there were two showers, really. We got to see Lara Croft fe- looking like she's experiencing the act of bathing for the, for the first, first time. And we got to see Daniel Craig walking around naked.
1: Yeah. That seems to be a trend in the movies we watch. There are men There's... who are naked.
0: Is that something that we're doing on purpose?
1: No, definitely not. I would it's never make that choice. Doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because this is the second movie in a row. I mean, at least Jem, he was wearing a towel
1: and then you a thong. And
0: then a thong. <laughs> Whereas in this, Daniel Craig just he just was had a just gun. Naked. He just had a gun. Which yeah, he pulled on the housekeeper. His,
1: oh, yeah, that
0: too. Not a what are you What movie were you watching? <laughs> you were watching a I mo- may
1: have zoned out a little bit.
0: You were watching a significantly better movie than I was. I'm I'm jealous of the movie you got to experience. Yeah, it was
1: pretty exciting.
0: I did note for a film that is entirely centering on a character who was designed with the male gaze in mind. Like Lara Croft as a character, as a video game character was Designed for men to want to look at, like that's who she is. We didn't spend a lot of time with Lara Croft in states of undress. We got no, a li- we... just
1: there's the one shower scene. There was the
0: shower scene. We got a little bit of side boob. Yeah, but she took she just took a top. She took off. her
1: clothes off and was like, yeah. "Look what I can do."
0: She can disrobe. And the
1: butler just kind of rolled his eyes, like, "Oh, Lara, yeah, always naked this <laughs> way."
0: <laughs> but then she's, we don't even, she doesn't even wear the shorts for most of the rest of the oh, movie. Oh yeah, she wears she's...
1: pants a lot.
0: She wears she's, shorts at the beginning. She's
1: very covered, yeah. most of it, comparatively.
0: Which, and I, I want to stress, we are not complaining about the lack of, dare I say, titillation uh, in this movie. It just, it shocked me considering Lara Croft is a character who is known for, like, her tight, t- Her
1: titillation. Yes.
0: <laughs> both of them. Yes. Um, you know, tight uh, vests, plunging necklines... Shorts so short, they may as well not be shorts. Very little
1: plunging.
0: Yeah, not a lot of that. A little bit, but not a lot.
1: But most of the loving camera caresses are bestowed upon Daniel Craig. Yeah, He's the-, the one that we see the most, like, flesh.
0: Oh, yeah. We spend so much time with very naked Daniel Craig. I want to say that movie was like a big middle finger to all of the like horny boys who, who went were, to see yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, maybe uh, there. I'm sure there were there were at least a few horny boys who showed up who were very excited that Daniel Craig was the order of the day.
0: Oh, that's almost certainly true. Like they were they were not horny when they arrived. But they were <laughs> horny when they left. And
1: they learned something about themselves yes. that day.
0: Um, we should talk about this movie. I, every time I write the notes, I type a weird name for the movie.
1: What was um, your weird name?
0: Lara Cara Tararada.
1: I feel like you maybe rely on that formula too much.
0: No, we've only done that the once before, and that was you. Was that you or me no, doing no, you came up with Tintle, Mintle <laughs> I don't remember. That was all you. So the I film... feel like
1: Lara, Cara, Tararada sound like the group of mean girls in, like, a teen comedy.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're the ones who... You can't sit with us. Like, that's, <laughs> that's who they are. So the film opens with Many logos, and I don't don't usually focus on the logos if you're first time listening. We don't go beat for beat, but the logo for one of the companies I think it was like Mutual Film Partners. This logo looks like it was designed at Mm. the 11th hour using Word Word Art. Art. Yeah, it was very lots of that kind of swish and the gradient. Someone took like
1: copper plate bold and like put it over top a bright blue background, put a drop shadow, and we're like, it's good enough.
0: They threw a lens flare on there, yeah. But then we jump straight into Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, as played by Angelina Jolie.
1: Angelina Jolie!
0: Yes. In a tomb. She's right in the midst of raiding the shit out out of a tomb. tomb. And I guess she's trying to get some artifact. And as she's crossing towards the artifact, a robot shows up. Now, here's the thing. I don't... Again, I want to stress, I know shockingly, embarrassingly little about Lara Croft Tomb Raider as a video game franchise. So, I'm coming into this as a person who is here to watch a movie. And there's a fucking robot. Where does- why? A fucking robot? It's a fucking robot, yes. So Lara Croft goes toe to toe with this robot. Being as she is a Tomb Raider, a Raider of Tombs, she's accustomed to finding tomb robots and so has guns. And she shoots it dead with the guns. Yes. She shoots it up a whole bunch. She makes it to the artifact. The robot's not quite dead. It looms over her, and then she just turns over, opens a keyboard, and puts in one of those, um, like, those weird, what, I forget, the memory sticks, like, the Sony memory sticks mm. that they used to have in the, the PSP. In 2001. Yeah, and it's labelled, like, Lara's... Party mix. Party mix, and she puts it in.
1: And Chex Mix comes pouring out. It's
0: Chex Mix comes yeah, pouring yeah, yeah. out of the robot. Some Muddy Buddies. It still kills her, but
1: it's... <laughs> She's smothered under it. Yeah,
0: she's she's buried under Chex Mix.
1: Now I want Chex Mix.
0: So, uh, Lara wades through the knee-high pile of Chex Mix to get to the artifact. <laughs> and then she doesn't even take it, because it turns out, none of this is real. She has, like, a recreation of a tomb. That she, that
1: she built in her house, because she's fabulously, exorbitantly yeah. wealthy, and she could solve the Flint water crisis.
0: She's like, if Bruce Wayne and Indiana Jones had breasts. <laughs> <coughs> Both of them? (laughs) I'm not saying they fused. I'm saying they separately. (laughs) Yes, four breasts.
1: Two heads, four breasts. Can't Can't lose. (laughs) lose. (laughs)
0: Um. So she leaves, and then she yells. There's like this little guy who looks like uh, he looks like the guy you get if Gary Oldman is busy in the year two thousand and one. No. Yeah, he's like he's like Bargain Bucket Gary Oldman. That's
1: funny, because he played Mr. Bucket in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right? Oh my god, you're right, he Yeah, did. he's Charlie's dad. He's Freddie Highmore's dad. Oh man. Mm-hmm.
0: So while he, while Lara is bitching at... Bryce. Bryce for uh, making the robot too deadly, her butler shows up, like played by Chris Barry of Red Dwarf and British Empire fame... This film came out, I think, the same year as Blade Two, and Danny John Jules, who plays the cat in Red Dwarf, was in that. So 50% of the core Red Dwarf cast had pretty big movies out um, in 2001, and obviously they've capitalised on those careers and have since become mega Hollywood uh, superstars. I can't remember any of the narrative, so what happens... What happens next? (laughs) I know that we have a scene with the Illuminati near the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? It was immediately after this bit, there's just a bunch of old men in Thrones... Odd Man in Thrones is my favorite HBO drama. Yes. And uh, there's this old guy telling this other, slightly younger guy, you have, you've got a week to get us the key. The planets are coming into alignment. You've got one week. I want results. Or it's your badge. The mayor's up my ass. You're a loose <laughs> cannon.
1: And then they assign him an older, crustier cop.
0: Yes. Who's also a talking dog. Yes. Voiced by He's also his mom. Danny DeVito.
1: See, I would watch that movie, that's and a... I'm I'm feeling sad now that <laughs> that movie's not real, and How this many is
0: a movie that's real. How many times in the discussion of a movie have we bullshitted a better movie, a better movie around you know the what? nonsense with the
1: content that we consume? It's not a difficult thing to do. No,
0: no, we we come up with better ideas based on the dreck that we watch.
1: We should get paid.
0: We should get paid. Did
1: you know we have a Patreon? We do have a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If you ba- if we reach I tell you what if we reach five hundred dollars a month I'll write a screenplay for a listener nominated bullshit movie idea that we've half pitched. Okay, in, yeah, in let's podcast. do it.
1: I'll put that on the page. I like page. that idea. Yeah,
0: I'll, <laughs> I'll, I like um, that
1: idea because you get to do all the work for that. Yes.
0: So uh, they the Illuminati are trying to rejoin these two halves of this thing called the triangle. It's
1: shaped like a triangle.
0: And is the dude's name? I'm looking at the Wikipedia article. That's how loose my memory is. I've had to resort to Wikipedia. That's how
1: lose your stools Is his
0: name? <laughs> yes, that's how... I, I'm shitting like crazy because of this movie. Is his name Manfred?
1: Manfred Powell. The
0: bad guy who looks like Sean Bean and one of the Trump boys, like fused into oh, one. yeah, he
1: kind of does. Yeah,
0: he, lo- he looks a bit like he, Don Ian, Trump Jr. Ian Glenn. Yeah.
1: Is the actor's name? Is he real? Yes.
0: I thought maybe he was like a CG, cre- like a wedding <laughs> a workshop creation. No,
1: and I mean he does look like someone was like, let's make the perfect white boy <laughs> to be the villain. Yeah. Oh, he was in Game of Thrones.
0: That's why he looks familiar. He's in that show I haven't seen.
1: Yeah, it's a very popular show that I haven't seen.
0: So, um, the butler like walks into Laura's office while she's at her desk and drops a bunch of folders on her. Desk and is like you should do something and she's like but it's the fifteenth.
1: To me, I kind of interpreted that as like it's the fifteenth. I'm on my period. Like (laughs) fuck you. Yeah, I'm not gonna do paperwork today.
0: It's like it's the fifteenth. You know what that means. And he was like (laughs) "Mm, yes. It's Mm." not
1: like it's the fifteenth of whatever month it was. Like we we were never told the month. We were never told the month. It's the fifteenth. Um, go get me a heating pad and some Advil
0: (laughs) and uh, bring up a plate of Rocher. And, uh, or just
1: bring up like a package of the the cookie dough that's in the yeah, freezer. Yes, there's
0: there's some there's some Ben and Jerry's half baked in the freezer. Have Gilmore Girls playing on the TV <laughs> downstairs. And about also, the time I can get you there. order me a pizza? Order me three pizzas. Uh, I want one stuffed crust, and we'll play the rest by ear. So, yeah, she goes to her... There's, like, a memorial on her property that is a tent made of stone. Of, like,
1: concrete, yeah. Like, but it looks like a tent.
0: It's like, this was a deliberate aesthetic choice that she, Laura Croft, made yeah. to commemorate her father's disappearance. disappearance. Um, and then there's a little plaque that just says his name and the date he went missing. And that's So it. we
1: do know the month. Yeah. What is the month? I
0: can't remember. It was May. It was May of 85 because it was uh, slightly under a year before I was born.
1: Oh, so you couldn't have done it.
0: Yeah, it definitely wasn't me. I hadn't even conceived yet. Do you ever think it's weird that, like...
1: I don't know where the sentence is going.
0: On the day of your birthday, like, that many number of years plus nine months ago, your parents did a sex, and because of that, you get to have cake.
1: One of my best friends and I, growing up, we had the same due date, Mm -hmm. and so we counted back nine months, and in the summer, we would celebrate Conception Day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's actively brilliant. Do you remember the day of Conception Day?
1: I think it was July 1st? July 1st? Or sometime in June or July. Because we were both due on April 1st.
0: Did your friends' parents and your parents live in the same town at the time?
1: I think so.
0: Because I'm... I'm...
1: Do you think they called each other up and coordinated their schedules?
0: (laughs) Well, no, I'm not saying necessarily coordinating a schedule. I'm saying maybe there was like a big 11. What was going on that day? What was going on? Did did someone... Did like the news report there's a big asteroid that's going to hit us on the 2nd? So everyone in town just boned <laughs> I think down. I
1: would have, a, there would have been a lot more kids in my class who would have had the same birthday as me.
0: Were there any more that were kind of in that ballpark? There were
1: a lot of March babies, yeah. Hmm. 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 Something to think about. Something
0: definitely to, to, to ruminate upon. But yeah, um, she has a dream. She dreams about her dad. And the dream is just a memory of...
1: Yeah, I don't think they understand what a dream is. The yeah. dream is not remembering things while you're asleep.
0: No, because otherwise I would have a lot. I would be remembering a lot of Toys R Us trips where I get locked in and chased by giant toys. I'm not saying that's a recurring nightmare I have, but I am saying that I it's one of the reasons I have trouble sleeping.
1: Well, it's okay because Toys R Us isn't around anymore, so you're safe.
0: But and yet the dream lives on. Right? <laughs> um, so she has this dream of her dad talking to her about when the planets align and finding ever so
1: nicely fly,
0: finding these the artifacts. The time to act and, will be at hand. Yes. and
1: she has to unleash the titans.
0: When Jupiter aligns with Mars...
1: We've already done this joke. We've
0: definitely done this exact oh, no. joke. <laughs> um, I'm
1: sorry. What we've other... run out and we are cycling back to the beginning. What
0: other What other film involved the planets aligning that we've done this joke before?
1: Uh, Barbie and the Rockers. You're right,
0: Barbie and the Rockers. The stupidity of that fucking movie. <laughs> that film still made more sense than this thing, so... Uh,
1: it's questionable. Would
0: you rather be watching Lara Croft Tomb Raider... Or Barbie and Slash or the Rockers. Barbie and the
1: Rockers are shorter. So it's it has that tactical going for choice. It, Yes.
0: It's like when you're on the weakest link and you don't nominate the worst person because you want to keep them on as long as possible. Yeah, Because so you, you
1: know you can take them out.
0: Yeah. So she wakes up at like three, four in the morning and she goes down the stairs and she is a ticking. So she does what anyone would do in that situation. And
1: she tears her wall
0: open. Yeah. She like, she... <laughs> she uh she with a hammer like smashes the the wall uh, under, the under the stairs pulls harry potter out pushes him aside for a moment and he
1: says
0: oh <laughs> and finds a clock so again It's very... the
1: house with the clock in its wall
0: yes uh so jack black's in there um this and
1: he
0: is says, oh. <laughs> yes this, this is a direct quote the problem with this movie is this is a rich woman who's so far The removed... problem with
1: this movie is there's a rich woman.
0: Yes. Oh, uh, eat the fucking rich. Am I right, guys? <sighs> um, she, she hears a ticking, so her first instincts are smash the wall, find the clock, wake up the guy, and have him figure out what the clock is. And she just does this. Like, she doesn't give a shit about the wall or the person who's asleep.
1: I will... There is a note that I wanted to make mm-hmm. that... There's a lot of instances where her wealth is flaunted on screen. Like it's emphasized like she drives very nice cars, lives in a very nice house, wears very nice clothes and has people whose job is to do whatever she tells them to do. And because of that, she definitely behaves like an entitled rich white lady. And that, to me, is very off-putting, but it's played as though it shouldn't be. It's played as though it's supposed to be some sort of, like, wealth and power fantasy. But watching it now in our current, like, economic (laughs) climate... Yeah. It's a different takeaway for me.
0: I I do wonder... Because it it was kind of, like, frustrating to watch. I wonder if I would still be having this same reaction if this were, like, a Batman movie. Mm, Or uh, if this were Tony Stark. Like, how much of this is... Um this is a rich woman woman and how much of that is in the writing, and how much of that is again the light of this movie shining through the prism of our experience and and conscious and subconscious prejudices. This is a heady subject for the life toyetic to yeah dive into. i don't
1: know if I've eaten recently enough to get into this. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think we're going to dive into that one today. That's we're not that we're not the podcast for that conversation. <laughs> if I you want to
1: listen to Fem Frequency, knock yourself out.
0: Absolutely, oh, absolutely endorse listening to Fem Frequency. I'm not the person. I am a very white male man, and I'm not the guy for that conversation. But it is something I th- I, I think is yeah,
1: that is interesting. It's, that like you yeah. can be a rich asshole if you're a guy. Yeah, but and for Batman's- some reason, if you're a woman, it, I feel like I have a different response to that.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot like, of... You
1: like, should, you should know better.
0: There's a lot of, like, forgiveness of Bruce Wayne's dickholery mm-hmm. in the Batman movies that I don't think... And Tony think,
1: Stark's, too. Yeah,
0: that we are not exhibiting where it's Lara Croft. Mm-hmm. And the one thing, like, she accidentally almost... Well, she bids on an item that she doesn't want to bid on that's, like, $2.4 million. Because she's waving at the guy... And the guy, the guy waves at her and she waves back at, at an auction and it's interpreted as, oh, that's a bid for 2.4. Someone else bids and she goes, "Who?" like, would that, would 2.4 million have really made a dent in her capital? I do I don't, wonder. I don't, maybe she's, maybe she's actually like.
1: Where does the money come from? Oh, that, that's a
0: one. She raids tombs.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess she works for it.
0: Yeah. She works hard for the money.
1: Yeah. So, so better... hard for. Oh, right. sorry. No, that's it. You're right.
0: I don't know what just happened Sorry
1: I was trying to sing the song But then all my words Came out on top of each other
0: (laughs) (laughs) They just stacked Um, So Lara finds the clock She gives it to her Tech assistant Is that Bryce? Yes. Um, Bryce tries to delicately pull it apart because they find something inside it with a camera. And then she just smashes Smashes it with with a a hammer. hammer, Again, with a callous disregard for anything of value. I don't
1: understand how she does this job. Her job (laughs) is to find like priceless artifacts that are probably extremely delicate because they're thousands of years old. But her approach to everything is like, shoot it, hit it, punch it, attack it park it, park twist it. park in front of the stairs it's fine <laughs>
0: like she's the person who parks on the at, at the red curb right at the turn and and leaves the keys in the ignition with the hazards on cuz she's just running in for something quickly and she doesn't give a shit about how it affects other people yeah. like that's my takeaway from Laura Croft in this movie but it's it's framed and presented as, but look how cool she is cause she does this.
1: Yeah. But I'm thinking like, I do not want to share the road with that person. Yeah. I do not want to be in the same room with someone that entitled. That they're so rich that laws literally don't apply to them because they can pay any fine.
0: Yeah, like the only way this movie would, would make me more uncomfortable is she if she had a scene where she where she was in like a Kroger and she had to speak to the manager. <laughs>
1: But she has the wrong haircut for that. She does. Have she the definitely wrong haircut. has the right temperament for yeah.
0: it. Yeah, but it's still shot in that kind of early two thousands like action movie. <laughs> and I want to say this movie looks painfully early two thousands. Like does. late night. Like it's in that kind of the same ballpark as like the Mummy and the Mummy Returns mm, yeah. and Blade Two. Like this film. Has that early two thousands aesthetic? It's
1: definitely a product of its time.
0: There's a lot of bad CG. There are some creatures that are bad CG. The robot that we mentioned earlier has some ropey mm, CG. Bad
1: CG that still could have been worse. Though. Yeah,
0: it's. I would say it's it's better than the CG in Men in Black Two, as an example, which I think came out the same year.
1: It's worse than the CG in Lord of the Rings, which also came out that year. Did it really come out? Fellowship. Well, they they also
0: threw a bajillion dollars at Lord of the Rings, and I feel like they. How many
1: dollars did this one get? Do you know?
0: Ninety-seven
1: dollars. Dollars. American. Let me
0: check the budget quick. Um, It had a budget of one hundred fifteen million, and it made two hundred seventy-four point seven million.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: So it made more than twice its money back, which is. I think what they would have liked. Um, Because
1: it is the highest grossing video James movie. It's
0: the highest grossing video James movie of all time. Of all all time. time. Yeah. Not counting things like Wreck-It Ralph and so on. Mm. Um, But yeah, this movie was the top, and it still is the highest grossing and and continues to be uh, until, you know, we hear differently. This is very boring. Tone of voice that I've slipped into. Yeah, sounds, you should sound more animated. Dull conversation. So, um, she they smash it with a hammer and they find this this disc inside, like this gold disc with this shiny orange light in the middle. And this is when she goes to the auction house, accidentally bids on something, oopsie doodle, and then doesn't have to buy it because someone else places a higher bid. She meets with a guy who is, I guess, An just some English just, actor. Yeah. Who's probably been in a lot of things.
1: It's a small island.
0: And he looks at this thing and he says, I, well, firstly... She's like, I don't know. I found this. It was in a clock. It didn't start ticking until the planets aligned. Um,
1: do you want to hear his, um, his IMDb description? Oh, absolutely. Leslie Phillips is a much-loved comic actor who has specialized in playing plummy, quintessentially English stereotypes.
0: Marvelous. I love <laughs> him. Kind of like you. <laughs> Can he be my grandfather?
1: He might be. You never know.
0: I think both of my grandfathers are dead. Oh. How do you feel now, huh?
1: I think he's still alive. He was born on four twenty.
0: <laughs> He's blazing a trail for British stereotypes everywhere. Um he looks at this thing, Lara Croft explains, Oh, this this clock didn't start ticking until the night of the planetary alignment.
1: He's the voice of the sorting hat.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that. No, that's a pertinent fact, because obviously as we mentioned, Harry Potter Harry didn't Potter
1: have... is in this has yeah. a cameo. What
0: did he say again? Ah. Close enough. So she's explaining where it came from, and it started. The clock started ticking, and this was inside. And he gets up, offers her some port. She says no, and then he immediately says, "I can't help you." And that's the end of the scene.
1: I feel like the port should have been significant, and then it wasn't. It I it, felt like they were leading up, like, the port's gonna be poisoned, or, like, an assassin is gonna kill him, and none of that happens, and he just, like, never shows up again. What it
0: feels like, what I think happened with this scene is, I think this scene was a lot longer. And I also think there was some stuff originally written and shot that takes place between this scene and the next scene, because this scene is literally... Um, here's a clock, it's sort of ticking. Okay, cool. Uh, do you want some port? No. Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, I can't help you, bye. And then immediately cuts to him calling, calling her, her and saying, I've changed my mind, here's some information, and then hanging up and I'm saying...
1: like, forgive me. Forgive
0: me. And my immediate... Thought is there's movie missing here,
1: and that was a reshoot. Do you think?
0: I don't think it was a reshoot. What I what I think happened was I think the first scene with the port was supposed to be longer. There was going to be more, maybe a little bit more exposition in there. There was going to be maybe a scene after that. I'm I'm just speculating, but maybe Laura like trying to research some of the symbols on the, the the disc, and then getting the phone call later. But that got cut because it probably just the plot stopped. But as a result of that, we go from. Can you help? Do you want some port? No, thanks. I can't help you. Cut to phone call. Just kidding. (laughs) J K. L O L.
1: Well, you know when when you're like at the doctor's or something like. Do you have any more questions? And you're like no. And then as you're driving home, you're like, oh, I should have asked that. Yeah, Maybe it's one of those kinds of moments.
0: So yeah, there, she gets some information. She's led to a dude guy. He he says, hey, there's this guy who actually might be able to help you out. Go meet him. I've already given him your phone number. Which, huge breach of privacy yeah. straight away. Like, he's, he's breaking the Data Protection Act. Yeah. That's a, like a £2,000 fine on instant loss of job. As an antiques appraiser, I guess. <laughs> I don't fucking... Um, so Larikoff goes to this guy's house. And this guy is the Donald Trump Jr. He's the Illuminati look-alike. man. He's the Illuminati man.
1: Illuminati man. The,
0: the, the aluminum nuts. He's got aluminum nuts. And, yeah,
1: they're very lightweight.
0: And uh, his assistant is this short guy. We're not short, we're kind of this square-shaped... His head's square-shaped. He's, He's got of a rectangular kind of a square
1: head. jaw, but a pointy nose. And then your hair. He does have my hair, yes.
0: <laughs> He's been in other things. He was one of the dead brothers in um, Stardust. Stardust. And I'm sure I've seen him. I think that's the
1: only place I personally recognized him from. I've
0: definitely seen him in some other British He's a movies. British man. He's been in a lot of movies. With a w- distinctive
1: movies. face and distinctive hair that yeah. looks like mine. Uh,
0: but yeah, he his assistant, who has your hair, um, tells Lara Croft, oh, he's a lawyer by trade.
1: That's why he's in this opulent palace. There's
0: this big opulent palace. There's a party happening, which put me in mind of like the countdown, the secret countdown club uh, from the IT crowd, where Moss is yes. in. That's what it felt like, but yeah. in a more, more like with a bigger budget. And uh, we're sat down to... Lara doesn't know this is the bad guy yet, but we do. But we
1: do, because we've been audience. watching the movie. We've been
0: paying attention to the movie. Lara's been like, if she's not in the scene, she's in the bathroom. She doesn't give a shit. She
1: showers constantly. She's and I think constantly She has really showering. dry skin because of it. Yeah,
0: but we don't see it. Either her showering or the skin. Which one would... We, there's one together. instance
1: of her showering for a really long time. Yes. Like, it's trying to explain to us what bathing is. It's like, no, I get it.
0: It's like a, a L'Oreal commercial. It's...
1: <laughs> but there's no narration.
0: Yeah. Um, Lara shows the bad guy pictures of this funky cloth.
1: She's not dumb enough to bring it with her. But and she does say, here's my home address.
0: Yeah. She sa- He <laughs> says, I wish you'd, uh, you'd bought the real thing. And then looks her in the eyes and says, it's so rare I see something so beautiful that I know so little about.
1: And then she punches him in the face and for, runs away. For or at least that's what I wish. And
0: then the film just ends because no one like pursues yeah. anything. Um but no, he he has her address and he has pictures of the clock. So Laura goes back home and she's bungee jumping. She does her in bungee ballet
1: lot. and her jam jams. Yes.
0: And uh, a bunch of uh, mean mean men mean break mean, in me me <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of uh, nanobots break into her house. <laughs> And uh, try to steal the thing, so we get a lot of aerial acrobatics as Lara Croft is like still bungee corded, like she she's sitting on the chandelier, and then she's running around the walls and. There are people who drop from the ceiling. Stuff and shoot- that
1: definitely could happen in real life, for yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, very physically believable. Runs literal rings around some of them and then cuts their rope so that they fall. Intercut with scenes of Bryce in his camper van out front, unable to get the door open because the security guards have put a crowbar through the door handle. And then he's trying to activate the robot from the opening scene and he can't connect to it. All while the butler is like... He puts on uh, like a flat jacket and he gets a shotgun and he puts on his slippies. I like
1: his slippers. Little, yeah, his, his little. They're little so classy.
0: Comfortable looking, classy leather brown yeah. slippers. I want a pair. They look you very nice. You would look nice. very
1: dapper, I'm sure.
0: The the long and the short of it is that they break in and steal the. They are
1: successful. Yeah,
0: they succeed, and that's the end of the movie. The villains win.
1: Yay, we're free.
0: Cool. What did you think of? No. Um, <sighs> fuck. Oh, the next day. A uh, a UPS guy delivers a letter from her dad, which was arranged to arrive the morning of the The celestial alignment. Yeah, like the
1: first day of the week before the alignment was complete. Yeah,
0: which felt a little bit Back to the Future Part 2 for me. The bit where Marty gets the letter from Doc Brown. That was all... And I spent the rest of the movie thinking, God, I wish we were watching Back to the (laughs) (laughs) Future I wish we were
1: watching literally anything else. Yeah.
0: So, and the letter... What does the letter say?
1: It's a poem by Blake...
0: Uh, According to Wikipedia, uh, the letter explains that the clock is the key to retrieving the halves of the Triangle of Light, which is the dumbest-sounding MacGuffin name ever. Yeah. So the two halves of this, the Triangle of Light. Who named this thing?
1: We can look up the writers and find out really easily. Well, we
0: know one of the producers was um, Stuart Byrd, who directed Star Trek Nemesis.
1: Surprising no one. He likes his poofy-lipped people. He
0: likes people with poofy lips, and he likes ruining... Ruining movies. franchises <laughs> yes.
1: that I love. Or that I don't love.
0: You had no emotional stake this I had in no emotional one.
1: attachment to this, but I will never forgive him for ruining Star Trek. He,
0: if it's any consolation, he didn't direct anything after Nemesis.
1: Okay, guess... Guess... Give me a guess of a number. So tell me a number. How many people do you think wrote this
0: four no five no higher or lower higher eight
1: no now it's lower
0: seven no six yes six people wrote this movie six people why
1: i guess they had to keep passing it around because none of them could crack it and in the end they never really did oh my god
0: um anyway so the letter says that one half of it is in a cambodian tomb and the other is in uh, a ruined city in the uh, uh, which is now part of Siberia mm-hmm. um, and her, the, the father, her father says hey in this letter hey you gotta find it and destroy it cause shit's fucked
1: it sure would've been nice if I told you this earlier cause these seem yeah. like things you would need you would want a lot of preparation you want like and lead year, time give me a year yeah. dad
0: you idiot um, but yeah says. the triangle of Destiny or whatever the light. shit. Light triangle, triangle Light gives the wielder the power over space and, and time. time. And uh Which doesn't I don- don't really
1: know what that means.
0: Well Donald Trump Junior consistently and constantly refers to it as like oh it makes you like a god. So the time you lost with your dad, Laura, I can wind back time and you can have, have your dad back. That's how he kick, is constantly... Like, he has nothing to base it on, like, the, the the knowledge that he will actually have time travel.
1: Yeah, it's never really explicitly stated what it does.
0: Yeah, we just know that it, like, fi- in 5000 BC or whenever, it caused untold damage to this Mayan temple. Yeah, this, but
1: they still want yeah. it, I guess.
0: So, Lara goes to Cambodia. Does, is this the bit where she's, like, in a car and she's, like, dropped in Cambodia yeah, in this car with parachutes?
1: Yeah, she calls in some favors, I guess, with her. And the
0: favor is, hey, can you help can me defy you... physics for yeah, a hot minute? Yeah,
1: exactly. And they they fly her there and they, like, drop her car down. And she's like, hey, thanks. And she just drives, drives off into the jungle. And she, um... She spots... What is his name?
0: I'm just calling him Donald Trump Jr. I don't like saying
1: those words in my mouth. No, I totally understand. Manfred. 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 Manfred is there, and so is Daniel Craig.
0: Uh, We didn't mention that we had met Daniel Craig. We met him at the party. At the... Oh... Yeah, it was at the party. It was after he Croft uh, gave the, the
1: auction. House. No,
0: it was at the party because that's why he was she there. He keeps
1: on going to fancy buildings, and I can't keep any of them. It's straight. difficult to
0: keep, the... but I do because he was there because he's working for the background.
1: Oh, guy. he's American.
0: Daniel Craig is doing an American accent. Angelina Jolie is doing, doing a, uh, a British, British accent. accent. So and I don't want to stress when they have
1: conversations with each other; it hurts my brain a little.
0: Angelina Jolie's America, sorry, her British accent, her American accent is just her accent. Her British accent. It's not bad. Like, it's 80 to 90% of the time, it's there.
1: I was expecting it to be more Drew Barrymore level, so I was yeah. pleasantly surprised. Or Alicia
0: Silverstone, <laughs> <laughs> where she just wasn't. She just
1: doesn't do an accent at um,
0: all. Daniel Craig's American accent, and keeping in mind that I'm appraising him as a British person, I think his accent was 70 to 80% of the way there. There are points later in the movie where he definitely sounds British, for like, a word.
1: There's, there's a thing that... Um that british actors do when they are doing an american accent where they like overdo it their r's are so hard where they're just overreaching they're they're sending all the sound to the front of their mouth which is where the sound sits in an american accent generally yeah and they're just they're just overdoing it and i get some of that from his accent it's also entertaining to uh hear him say lara cuz he says it like lara <laughs> And he sounds like Steve Urkel. Yeah. <laughs> Lara!
0: <laughs> but they they have a history, which is alluded to in that earlier scene. But something happens in the temple, and I will be honest, I was looking at my phone for most of this scene, but when I looked up, Lara was standing at one end by, I guess, like a slot, and Dude Guy Manface was down there with the key. Yeah, the, she finds an alternate
1: entrance to the uh, temple
0: and they have literal seconds to unlock this thing and Laura's like well I'm by the lock and you've got the key so if maybe you want to maybe throw it to me cuz maybe... there's a
1: there's a false lock yeah. and she's like don't put it in there
0: so he throws her the idol and she doesn't throw him the whip but he does, she does put the clock thing in the... It was an Indiana Jones reference. No, I um, I
1: understood. I just... It wasn't funny. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, it's good. No, it's... You know what? It's fine. I'm glad that you finally feel comfortable telling me that I'm not funny. Like, you're not like... Ah-ha-ha-ha-ha. You're just flat out saying it now. It's taken... This is what? Episode 23? Twenty-three episodes, twenty-four if you count "Fly the Now." Like this is an awakening. Thank you, thank you, finally for for having the the courage to stand up to my not funny bullshit.
1: I didn't say you weren't funny.
0: <laughs> it was you very. I'm, I'm the one who said the thing. That's me. I did I'm that.
1: Sorry, now can we start over?
0: Hi, welcome to the Life Tree Edit with Ben and Molly. My name is Ben. I'm
1: really sorry that I hurt your feelings just now. And
0: this is the first episode we're gonna watch Trolls. Um, I
1: hope there's nothing weirdly sexual in it.
0: Boy, wouldn't that be weird. Um, so Lara puts uh, the key and has half of the triangle. Wait, isn't there. Is this the bit where the big thing has to pierce the thing?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's your new text tone <laughs> on my phone, is that laugh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a giant phallus that has to go into a cauldron. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it, when it pokes it, it squirts. Yeah. You did
0: immediately describe this this cauldron as an Ivan Ooze cauldron. Yeah, and except it's green. There's this big stone. It's like a giant, like a like a number two pencil. Yeah. Um, and that's swinging and it can't quite pierce the cauldron. So Larikov jumps onto it and I guess like just Uses like Uses her shits, body
1: weight, yeah. yeah.
0: To... And it swings forward and pierces the, <laughs> the cauldron and Ivan Ooze leaks out. To what end, I, I couldn't tell you, but I do know... I don't
1: know why they have to drain the cult. Uh, mm, mm. Is that
0: where the triangle was? I kind of zoned out during this part. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely did the same yeah, thing. With, yeah, I lost... Well, yeah, me too. I, just, I could tell that there was a big like action set piece coming up, and I was like, I don't care about Yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I just I just, I just wasn't really interested in the movie yeah. at this point. Um so this, this silver shit leaks out. This very realistic looking and plausible visual effect of, I guess, space mercury. We'll yeah, call
1: it. some sort of uh, metallic liquid substance.
0: And it flows up into some of the statues in the wall.
1: And they come alive. And the statues
0: come alive and start fucking up everyone's they shit. They start fucking. They start fucking. Yeah, they just have a big old <laughs> stone been, orgy. They've been
1: stuck there for thousands of years. So they're like, finally. And I'll tell you this,
0: they are rock hard. <laughs> that one was
1: funny yay
0: <laughs> so while the statues are fucking all of the uh, all of the uh, like they just kind of throw each other down wherever to like bone down and they keep crushing the the, the...
1: the people under them I guess yeah ex- except for Lara they going at it so hard so
0: Lara's going at it wait let me rephrase that Lara's going around with a gun like cock blocking everyone um, and she destroys all the statues but she's then she just
1: screams leave room for Jesus and <laughs>
0: Yeah, she's just going around handing out abstinence until <laughs> marriage pamphlets.
1: She's handing people little cardboard things that say, "Hold this between your knees."
0: Yes, and then uh, the the fluid goes into a four armed, four breasted statue of Batman and Indiana Jones. That was a callback to the joke I did earlier, but the statue itself. Oh yeah, is the
1: f- two yeah, the breasts.
0: To get get it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so this this thing with four arms all the better to jerk you off with, uh, looms over her. And then uh, I guess the it has... The most
1: popular one at the orgy.
0: It has swords because the swords come flying out of wherever into its hands. It
1: had swords and they put the swords in the thing yes. to make the key. Oh, yeah. And then it got its swords back. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. It's there's nonsense. A, the, point of it, the point of it is there's a big action set piece. It's dumb. And in the end, she gets the triangle. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you need to know. She gets the triangle, she goes back to whatever it was she was doing.
0: I do want to stress, Lara Croft does defeat this giant forearm statue by shooting it repeatedly in its stone That's face. That's
1: how she defeats all of them. Yeah. She just shoots and smashes things. She smashes up things and creatures and retreats back into her wealth or her vast carelessness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, Lara escapes with one half of the triangle... The triangle! Um, and, uh... I
1: didn't realize Mr. Freeze was in this movie. You just can't let go of Batman, can you?
0: You're the one who just brought up Mr. Freeze.
1: You were the one doing the Arnold Schwarzenegger. I wasn't
0: aiming for Schwarzenegger, but apparently that's where I landed. Tell
1: me, what were you aiming for? Uh...
0: If you must know, it's I was aiming for Albert Einstein in the episode Meltdown from season five of Red Dwarf. Oh, starring Chris Barry, who is in this movie. Okay, it's, that
1: makes sense.
0: It all links back.
1: Okay, that, that, that gets a pass.
0: Thank you. So, Lara Croft goes to a Buddhist temple and appropriates some culture, drinks some Jeez. tea, and her arm is healed. And she also calls the bad guy and is like, now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. And he's like, well, we should just work together. Let's go meet wherever the next bullshit triangle is. He wants pieces. to meet
1: her in... Venice?
0: Yes, they go to Venice, Somewhere right? Somewhere in your yeah, because that's where the Illuminati is. Because she
1: yeah, the Illuminati is in Venice. I, if yeah. you didn't know, their headquarters are in Venice. Yeah, the
0: Illuminati are really like loose and sloppy with their like <laughs> secret society and their penises. <laughs> are you happy? Yes. Are you very happy now? I'm
1: so sorry. I don't know why this is where my mind is.
0: Why? Why is it?
1: I don't know. I think it's because you were just talking about a statue orgy. <laughs> So yes. now I, everywhere I look, I see dicks.
0: BFG. Big fucking giants.
1: Yeah, that that was an interesting movie. I thought it was going to be for children, and it wasn't.
0: Oh, it definitely wasn't. Roald Dahl sure can write him. Anyway, so uh, they meet in Venice in, I guess, just the headquarters of the Illuminati, which Lara Croft I guess Croft he, like, is gives her the address. There. I don't... Yeah, he says, yeah, if you just type really in clear. Illuminati HQ into Google Maps, it, it just pops right straight there, up. Yeah. So he walks in as Lara's, like, standing by the big thrones... And she keeps saying, who sits here, pointing to the main seat, and he's not giving up any information, and then she eventually says, I guess you don't sit here, and then he reveals... It's,
1: it was weird that she kept on, like, saying that, kind of like when you have a dog, and you're like, who's a good boy?
0: <laughs> it was like a fixation. Like, what, what it could have been was, she's learned all the lines, and he's improvising and ad-libbing. And she's
1: like, "I this is all I got.
0: I'm, I can't go off book. I've memorized my lines. I've memorized your lines. This is not... You know when you watch a movie and you can see one of the actors, like, mouthing along to the Mm -hmm. other... It's like watching Will Smith in the first episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air... I feel like that's what she was doing whenever we weren't looking at her, because she was waiting for him to say the thing he's supposed like, to say. Like, no,
1: really, who sits here?
0: Or she's an NPC in an RPG and she only has one oh, yeah, dialogue. Yeah, I can only say the same thing. Uh nice job hero. Like that like that kind of situation. <laughs> and then the bad guy reveals Oh he's yeah, oh, oh yeah, I'm I'm a Illuminati. Of course I'm Illuminati. Uh I sit I'm like the right hand man to the, ba- the the main dude. And uh oh, your dad taught me everything he knew. I he used to sit in this chair and Lara says, that's not true, that's impossible. And uh, the bad guy says, uh, search your feelings, you know it to be true. Yeah. Um, he cuts her hand off.
1: Yeah, it's a little icky.
0: And then she falls out of Cloud City and is rescued by Princess Leia and Chewbacca. mm mm-hmm. um, And then they pledge to find Daniel Craig's body in carbonite. That's
1: His naked what... body.
0: He's very naked, yeah.
1: Yeah, because he's also in Venice. Yeah. That's when the naked scene That's is. the
0: way. that's when the naked scene happens. But yeah, they, they basically come to a kind of a, a loose, kind of tacit alliance, a loose and flaccid alliance, and agree to go and meet in Siberia to get the second piece. So they meet in Siberia. <sighs> <laughs>
1: this is the scene. Okay, there's a scene. There's so much about this. Her outfit, one, looks like she went and bought a hooded coat from like Banana Republic and then sewed a rabbit pelt on the hood. Yeah, It, was it doesn't weird. look like it would keep her very warm.
0: And it came to a weird point as well. It's just
1: a strange outfit choice. If you're going to have fur on your coat, don't you want it to be lined in fur? Because that's the part that actually keeps you warm.
0: And she's wearing a t-shirt under it She's wearing a t-shirt.
1: She's not dressed for Siberian climes, to be sure. But the thing that stood out to me the most about uh, this particular scene is there is an instance where she's talking to a young girl and they're speaking in Russian to each other. And I don't know... If we just didn't get subtitles for it because we were watching it on Netflix, or if it n- was never intended to have been subtitled, because we do not know what they're saying to each other in Russian, and because of that, I do not know if this movie passes the Bechtel test <laughs>
0: Yeah, the first we turned on the subtitles, I want to to like a third or halfway through the mm-hmm. movie, but yeah, the, the conversation with the little Russian girl... There were no subtitles. Yeah, they're and,
1: speaking to each other in Russian. Who knows what they're saying?
0: But there were scenes earlier where Laura was speaking in a foreign language that were subtitles. Yeah. So I have to believe that because we turned on the subtitles, the English subtitle track didn't include. this. That's what it is. The English subtitle track didn't include the subtitles for this scene because on the DVD it would have been embedded in the picture.
1: Oh. It would have been burned in the picture rather than as a separate subtitle track. That's interesting track. because I have watched other movies and it just subtitles it the same. Like if you watch it with the subtitles yeah. and they're speaking a foreign language it subtitles those too. Like it's not an either yeah. or sort of situation.
0: If the DVD version of this movie would have had the foreign language subtitles burned into that scene then the subtitle track on the DVD would wouldn't have yeah. which means if they pulled the subtitle track off of the DVD that's version, what yeah. Although there was a point later where we're back at the monument for Friend of the Show John Voy, where we got the text, we, we're looking at the monument and we can see the text, and then we have a subtitle, subtitle that has the for same that.
1: text that's on already written on his Which the stone. Which
0: I would assume is so it can be translated for a translator for foreign language Oh yeah, subtitles. that makes so
1: much sense.
0: Um, but it just seems weird again that's that that's just in the English language subtitles.
1: At any rate we don't know whether this movie passes the Bechdel test because we do not know what kind of exchange they had in Russian. I,
0: I will say this, part of me wants to to pause the recording and re-watch Look that scene. But the a bigger part of me gives neither shit nor fuck.
1: I kind of like the Schrodinger's spectral yeah. test.
0: I, I don't want to know. And if you're listening to this, don't, don't tell us. us. Don't ever. I I like that this film exists out of time for us. Like it's unstuck. Um, because Which we, is
1: appropriate for the yeah. subject matter.
0: But we're very near the end. They go into, I guess, a tomb, and there's like this they're, big mechanical. They have a bunch
1: of puppies, and they're oh, on yeah. their sleds, and they go through the tunnels, like in Balto. Yes. Except they don't have the medicine.
0: They, they're on. They're on location, and then suddenly they are on a set designed to look cold, <sighs> and it's very the transition like maybe two minutes of location footage of like them talking and then traveling and then they're on the set and the transition it's it's night and day it's like one minute they're in siberia or somewhere else cold and next minute they're on the set of the grinch or some shit <laughs> with the fakest fake snow you've ever- it's like, it was like uh, it put me in mind of the the ice tunnels in the super mario brothers movie yes in terms of that level of phoned in coldness yeah. So they're in this large space with this giant mechanical solar system. It
1: reminded me of in the Dark Crystal. Have you seen the Dark Crystal?
0: I have, but I was a very young. There's a scene
1: in the Dark Crystal where there's kind of like a mountaintop observatory and there is that model of the planets, a huge model, mechanical model, and it looked very much like that.
0: Daniel Craig bets uh, Lara Croft. 50 bucks says the other half's inside the sun. Yeah,
1: because we Americans love to gamble.
0: So they both, them and a bunch of the various, like, henchmen try to try climb to up the various- up
1: it and they get squished Yeah, we pinched. get a
0: lot of- If you ever watch the ABC show Wipeout, of people, <laughs> like, getting- getting, like, knocked off of the pillars it's, and- Like, you needed yakety-sacks over the it's top. That's funny what this scene needed.
1: It's definitely, like, a Wipeout level of actual peril, but yeah. the foley and the screams and, like, the crunching sounds-
0: Oh, yeah, you were very viscerally I was like, this is
1: gross, but- It's clear that that's not what's actually happening to their bodies.
0: In the film, we're hearing... (laughs) As they land in the water. But in my head, I was hearing... That's what I was hearing in my head.
1: (laughs) I feel like that's what it sounds like in your head all the time, though.
0: Anyway, Lara Croft um, figures out what she needs to do. She slides kind of to the underside of the sun in the middle of this thing. Daniel Craig throws her the, the key... She inserts it into this opening on a particular part on the underside of the sun. She inserts it
1: in an opening in the underside.
0: And uh, she gets sucked in. (laughs) And then...
1: I'm so sorry. I think my blood sugar is spiking.
0: Yes, almost certainly. It's kind of like that scene in Dungeons & Dragons where they get pulled into the map. Yeah. And then they come out of the map later with all of this information. I don't know. But Larkov just comes out of the, the sun again... Is she holding... She's holding the triangle, right? Yes. Yeah, she's got the triangle.
1: I don't even remember. This is another one of those instances where I was like, big action set piece, don't care.
0: Yeah.
1: My brain shut off.
0: So the bad guy is like, okay, cool. Well, you're going to give me the other half of the triangle and I'm going to prove it and throws a knife at Daniel Craig and Daniel Craig... He makes
1: the funniest face. <laughs> he
0: makes the best he makes, face. He makes the
1: face that's just like...
0: <laughs> oh, I don't Aww. get to be on the rest of the movie. That's exactly then, what he sounds yeah. like. And then he falls into the water, gets crushed on it's like <laughs> the worst it's like it's like if Laurel and Hardy made an action movie. <laughs> he falls in the water, gets crushed by the mechanism, and Lara Croft's like, Well shit, kisses him. And then gets out of the water. I thought she was giving
1: him rescue breaths. No, because She was he, kissing him?
0: I, it looked like a kiss. Like, cause I
1: thought... I interpreted that as she went down to give him rescue breaths, but then she waited too long because they were, like, staring into each other's eyes that he died. Like, he died because she waited too long.
0: I think the idea was, he's dying, better take a kiss.
1: I never got the impression that they liked each other. Yeah, it was kind All of... All they do is argue.
0: Yeah, and their entire history is based on, like, I guess, they were part of, like, a military tactics force or mm-hmm. task force or something. And it's never, there's no chemistry between them either. No. So if it's a kiss, it's out of place. Do you
1: think if they switched accents, they would have chemistry? And because they're so, they're both focusing so hard on saying their words right, that they both look constipated when they talk to each other? But
0: the, the corollary of that is you are supposing a universe in which uh, the role of Laura Croft is played by Daniel Craig. And I'm picturing <laughs> him in those short shorts and the plunging I... neckline vest. And I'm present for it. you like, watch. I need that movie in my life. Isn't that... That's basically Casino Royale, right? Because he does have a little bit of male gaze. Yeah. Or the inverted male gaze when he's coming out of the water. There's a movie I he's need to the watch He's in this
1: movie a lot, though. Yeah. All he has going for him is his torso.
0: So... <sighs> Lara reconnects the two halves of the triangle. And she does this in the dumbest way. There's, like, this weird ripple, like, this particle effect. And she throws the key into this particle effect. And it, like, explodes out like an exploding They're diagram. They're, like, little...
1: Like space time pockets, yeah. Time storm something something. Yeah, because explains it.
0: Earlier we watched a dog jump through one of them, like one of the huskies. And while it was in the pocket, it was a skeleton, but it came out the other side as a regular husky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she throws the clock into this thing. It explodes. She pulls something out. I, I can't remember. Oh, it's again. a little
1: fragment of yeah. the um, triangles. Because he tries to put the two halves together and nothing happens. Yeah, and it's because there's that one piece missing. There's a
0: third component that was in the key. Yeah,
1: it's just like a little yeah, like sliver.
0: So Lara puts them all together and has a brief moment where she gets to meet her dad in the real version of the tent that the the monument. Is made it's weird is, that she's is a so recreation of, and that whole conversation is like, "Hey, I miss you, Dad." Yeah, bye. Like that's <laughs> that's basic. Like this scene is, I guess, it's supposed to be touching, but it just stops the movie. Like it doesn't add anything to the narrative. It's not closing off a plot thread. It's just in there. She leaves the pocket universe. Time is running in reverse from the moment that Daniel Craig got knifed in the stomach. So the knife flies out of his stomach. And I made a very nice
1: "wee" noise <laughs> as, it, as it whizzed
0: out because, it, as is my want to do. And as it's flying in midair, she grabs it, and this is the part you had to. I had to look away. Watch.
1: This is the part that I definitely remembered from yeah. watching it as a child. And
0: she grabs it, and with all of her might, like turns it 180 degrees, and there's blood pouring from her hand well, where so it's... She
1: grabs the blade, which I don't feel like she needed to, but it's whatever. Yeah, um,
0: I don't and I will tell
1: her how to live her life.
0: And then, does time resume? And then she destroys the triangle, or does she just... She
1: shoots the triangle. She shoots the
0: triangle, and it, it shatters. bursts into a thousand teeny tiny molecules, and the knife goes flying back into the bad guy, and he drops so He drops down to the ground. And all of his squad, his, his, uh, his military guys, his backing crew, his dancers, his roadies...
1: <laughs> they're all like, thank
0: God. They're all like, okay, so let's... We, we, let's We're just done. go
1: yeah I guess today's a short day
0: yeah so they they they, they take a nooner and they just head out and uh Lara Croft is about to leave when the bad guy who's dying on the ground says oh by the way I totally killed your dad and I took this from him and he's holding a pocket watch with a picture of his mother her of mother. her mother of Lara Croft's mother in the in the, the thing which was in the flashback that we saw in mm-hmm. the dream sequence earlier so Lara goes back to get this thing that she hasn't had for most of her life I wouldn't go back but I'm
1: I would have let him die yeah
0: and then come back. But he she goes back in, and then he immediately just gets up. Like, he hasn't just... He hasn't had a knife in it, his stomach. It,
1: it wasn't... It was in his shoulder. He had, like, a, he had like a flesh wound in his shoulder. Oh, okay.
0: I thought... Because, to me, it looked like he got... No, it got in the
1: into the shoulder joint in okay. his left shoulder.
0: And then they have a fist fight. They like, they were gonna fight. have a gun fight, and then he says, no guns. Edna so Mode says, no capes. <laughs> and then they have a fist fight, and I forget what... I know Lara wins, she obviously. She wins...
1: Um, how? I guess, uh um, I definitely remember how she wins. I
0: don't remember how she wins. It just says, Wikipedia just says, Lara kills him.
1: How does she kill him? She just
0: kills him. He's dead. And she gets the pocket watch not back. not
1: with a gun.
0: And that's it. And the chamber around them crumbles, and she leaves. And then there's a sequence where she's, late. we get like an epilogue of her at the mansion, and her butler is bringing her a tray, and... And he sees her wearing like a dress and a flowery hat that he was the trying to encourage her to wear earlier. Of 90's oh, it's bad.
1: Sundresses and sun hats.
0: And he drops the tray. He's shocked. He's more shocked at seeing her in this dress than, than he was by her seeing her naked. actually naked in the shower earlier. And then she walks downstairs. Uh, Bryce reveals he's made improvements to the killer robot. The butler has some guns on a tray. Lara Croft takes the guns poses with um, pose style and we free frame end credits and that's the movie and we're free why does well, I, mm, oh god no
1: don't think no you're thinking and you should be this is this is the
0: highest grossing video game movie of all time it's it's like a fever dream it feels like it was written like round robin style, like someone would write a scene and then pass it, like because it like it's like an exquisite corpse, I think it's yeah. called. So you, the person who wrote the next scene, only had the last page, and the only reason that the triangle and the key inside the clock made it through the script, you know, was <laughs> was because that that was mentioned on the last page of mm-hmm. everyone's section. That's why there were so many writers. It's just. Incomprehensible gibberish.
1: It has a through line. Yeah. At least I understood what they were going for. There yeah. were a lot of um. There were a lot of instances where things happened that I was like, you could have teased that earlier, yeah. but you didn't, and now it's just coming out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. It, like it, the
1: little piece of the triangle that was in the key. We yeah. had no way of knowing that was going to be in there, and yeah, we don't she know. She just does it. We don't know how she knew that it was yeah. In there.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like they were trying to make an Indiana Jones-style movie but without Spielberg's precision mm-hmm. of filmmaking. This feels like people... I wrote in my notes, this feels like a fan film because the, the problem that so many fan films have is there's so much about wish fulfillment and I want to be Captain mm-hmm. Kirk or yeah. I want to be Nathan Drake that they don't think about shot composition or like a narrative beyond like a loose through line. Yeah. It felt fundamentally like they were try- someone was trying to make a Lara Croft Tomb Raider fan film and this is what we got.
1: It's like they went on nailed it and they showed them Raiders of the Lost Ark and they were like now you do it. <laughs> and this That's, is what they made.
0: That is a perfect description of this movie. It is a nailed it Raiders. <laughs> <sighs> The problem with this movie and several of the movies that we watched in a row is that the Lego Emoji scale is not adequate because these are not trying to sell us on Lara Croft Tomb Raider. They are trying to adapt the characters and mm-hmm. portions of the stories from the games. Mm-hmm. So the Lego Emoji scale doesn't quite do us justice here. Conversely, I think that the the, the Clue Battleship scale is mm-hmm. probably More better suited for yeah. this. So where on that scale would you would you put this?
1: I guess this is it's towards the bottom but it's not as bad as it could have been. It's not quite bad. So maybe like a four.
0: I mean, it made money. It made a lot of money. It made money. a lot of
1: money. And I think, I think I know the two reasons that it made a lot of money.
0: Uh-huh. Mm. Those reasons. Yeah, those those two. I think it has a couple of really good action set pieces. Like action set pieces that I remembered despite knowing nothing else about the movie. Like the part where they're fighting in the mansion, where Larkov is running around the walls. I wouldn't necessarily say that's iconic in the same way that, for example, uh, Tom Cruise dropping down on the wire in Mission Impossible Mm -hmm. is iconic, but it's a memorable action set piece of early 2000s cinema. It's
1: memorable, but it's still profoundly silly. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: I don't think it would read very well for a modern audience at all. I'm trying to imagine even a 2001 audience being like, yeah, and not like,
0: yeah. Yeah. But this, I mean, this film, people saw it in shows. They paid and they, money, and they, and it's. I think it was the first video game movie that got a sequel because up until then they. Oh no, sorry, I'm you know I'm forgetting about Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which because the first Mortal Kombat made a lot of money, and then the second one, <laughs> it's bad. Um, but it's it was one of the earliest uh, video game adaptations that got a sequel because Resident Evil hadn't come out yet. We'd have we'd had Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation by this point. But as much money as Mortal Kombat made, it didn't make as much. This is still the highest grossing video game movie adaptation. I
1: wonder if the, the sheer novelty of it was a big contributing factor. Maybe. That I, and the titties. Those yeah, two I, things combined those two for things, a fun yeah. summer blockbuster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is also a point... Because this film came out, I was in... It was 2001. You
1: would have been 15.
0: I was. I would have been 15 when this film came out. And I do remember a lot of boys in school at the time...
1: Having responses.
0: Being very vocal about how attractive Angelina Jolie was. Did um, that
1: register with you? It,
0: I, it's weird because I don't remember... I think the closest I ever got was 1999, and I watched the video for That Don't Impress Me Much by Shania Twain.
1: I remember you telling me about that.
0: And I thought, I remember saying, she's cute. Um, and then nothing for, it took me a long, like, I didn't really, after after that video, I didn't have my first real celebrity crush until, I mean, God, I want to say Alison Brie in Community. Like, that's, mm. there's a big old that's gap That's a big there. gap.
1: I don't generally get celebrity crushes and that wasn't something that I identified with I, like growing yeah. up. All of my friends were into it and I was like, I, th- I don't get anything out of this. I don't yeah. know these people. I'm not friends with them so how yeah. would I know if I would like them or not? Also, they're all grownups and I am yeah. a child. There's
0: no way. Yeah, I, I think my my memory is that I think it may have just been a like a, a pure contrarian thing. Like I remember being very vocally against Harry Potter in school because of how popular it was Mm. with everyone everyone loved Harry Potter so I didn't because I didn't want to be like everyone else and I think that when it came to attractive people I think maybe my my lack of interest was in part motivated by everyone else likes Mm -hmm. Angelina Jolie so I'm just gonna it's not even gonna register to me I I honestly can't remember as an adult now, I can I can look at her and say, yeah, this th- these traits are traditionally generally attractive. considered.
1: Yeah, I also have that yeah. feeling of like I'm looking at a human that I don't know. Like she looks fine. Yeah. Like there's the body is fine, the face is fine. There's nothing offensive about this, and that's as far as it goes.
0: I mean, I mean, conversely, like I look at Daniel Craig in this movie, and I do think, hmm, like <laughs> that's that's as far as it gets. Like I'm I'm coming to terms a little bit with me now, where I am as a 32 year old human, like realizing that I think I'm probably demisexual to an extent because I have a really hard time being attracted to people I don't know. or have Yeah, yeah.
1: But as soon as you get to know someone and you have that feeling of, like, spark and compatibility, then the floodgates open.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think this movie is not quite battleship stupid, but it is quite stupid.
1: It makes sense.
0: It has more of a through line than Battleship. Yes, definitely. But it's so far from Clue.
1: Most movies are.
0: Yeah, Clue is... I mean, Clue and the... The thing is, how lucky are we that because of the subject matter of this movie that like our our top tier movies on either scale are the Lego movie and Clue. Yeah. Those are both phenomenal movies. And to have to hold anything to kind of that standard is almost unfair. Yeah. But then we get shit like the Emoji movie and Battleship... And this, and we reap what we sow. If that's the correct We pronoun. sowed this yeah. podcast. Yes. Now we're reaping the We made the this suffering. happen. This, so is this is on is, us. This is not a good film. Next week's movie is not going to be good either. <laughs> I'm Um, a
1: little concerned.
0: Next week's movie, we are watching Doctor Who and the Daleks, a 60s movie, an adaptation of the very first Doctor Who serial featuring the Daleks. Molly has already asked me why this counts as toyetic, and I will tell you it is because these films were both of these films. There was this film, and then there was another one, Dalek Invasion of 2150 A.D., these films were, um, went into production at the height of Dalek Mania. Dalek Toys. Dalek
1: is a thing? Dalek
0: Mania's a, there's a... I've got a documentary about Dalek Mania. The um, sound's made up. It's a real thing. It's like Beatlemania, but for Daleks. Um, okay. Daleks were insanely popular in the UK during the 60s. Toys and uh, games. Don't they and... kill people? Oh, they do. They absolutely do. So that's do. a
1: little weird, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I think it was just the shape of them and the sound of them, and they're so...
1: Murderous? Murder- Bloodthirsty? I mean...
0: They're, they're so iconic looking.
1: They are very distinctive looking. It's yeah. a strong design, and I guess from that perspective, it makes sense that you would want to market toys and other products.
0: Yeah, and there were tons. Like, I mean, I have two Dalek toys on my, my desk right now, and I have more in a box somewhere in this room. And my dad also had a bunch of toy Daleks as a kid as well. Like, Because he, he grew up in the... He was born in 64? Mm-hmm. Uh, January of 64. So he had a lot of Daleks as a, as a very young kid growing up. Because kids love them, they were they were insanely popular, and that's why this uh, this movie and its sequel went into production. They're stupid, and I'm not going to spoil... I know that you know some things about Doctor Who. Um, I'm going to wait until I know next week very to discuss- little.
1: Very little.
0: Well, we'll discuss the specifics of this movie, I think, uh, in detail next week. But it's going to be a fun one. There's also Riff Tracks versions of, of both of these movies. Oh, goody. We won't be watching those. Yeah,
1: I don't want them to make me feel bad about my own movie commentary <laughs> um,
0: But if you're a fan of Doctor Who, I recommend checking out those, those Riff Tracks. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun one. So we're going to watch that next week. Alright, well, uh, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. If you have enjoyed the show, do please consider leaving a positive review on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. If you want to support the show, you can do so at Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Toyetic, you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. And your, your backing gets you access to exclusive bonus features including special episodes, live streams, Q&As, that kind of thing. We, uh, we already have one special episode on there. We watched Flight of the Navigator last month. And we will be recording our next Patreon bonus episode next month. Do we remember what film we're doing?
1: Um... Oh, no!
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I just brought it up on the list. <laughs> Uh, do you want to tell tell our lovely listeners?
1: It's Tom and Jerry in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory.
0: We literally watched what we thought was going to be the trailer for it, but turned out to just be the first two minutes, because that's what Amazon Play had, that Google Play had. Um,
1: it's an abomination. It's the- I can just tell you that from watching the trailer.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna we're gonna watch Tom and Jerry and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. I'm looking forward to seeing how bad it is. Um so yeah, patreon.com slash the life toyetic to support the show. Yeah, one dollar gets you access to everything. Five dollars you get a quarterly postcard. Ten dollars we'll give you a shout out at the end of the episode, like at Hey It's Billy Rose, who is our sole ten dollar backer right now. Thank you, Billy. We love you. Billy, you you're great.
1: super cool.
0: And a hun- for a hundred dollars you get uh not really your money's worth this week because we <laughs> haven't a- we haven't really spoken to Jeremy much this week.
1: So Jeremy and I are taking a break.
0: Is everything okay between you yeah, two? Yeah, I
1: think so. We just need a little bit of space.
0: That's that's fair. Uh, thank you to Brian Melbourne for providing our theme tune, the Toyetic Toe Tapper. We love you, Brian. We love a lot of people, but Brian is definitely the You personal. love a
1: lot of people. I love considerably fewer people. Yes,
0: I just, I'm just a loving guy, and Brian yeah. is one of the people I love. We love the theme tune, and we love you, Brian. I love you, Brian. Wow. Yeah. Well, we will be back next week. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I have been Ben.
1: I've been and still am Molly.
0: And The Life Toy comes with everything you see here.
1: Daniel Craig's lengthy showers sold separately. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ready for this
1: jelly? I can't look at you. I am ready for the
0: jelly. This summer, one man
1: will risk everything for this jelly. For this jelly.